John Ortberg is an author and is a pastor out in California, and he uh, shared a story that I want to share with you this morning. It's a, it's a dog story, and if you have a dog, uh, I have a dog, and I love my dog, and John has a dog, and he loves his dog, and so it's, uh, this is kind of a typical dog story, and John uh, and his family live, they live in suburbia out in California, and, and in that particular community, like most suburban communities, I mean, every house is surrounded by a wooden privacy fence. And the whole point of a privacy fence is that you can't see through it. You know, it's wooden, and it, you're, you know, it's supposed to give you the privacy. You can't see through the fence. And so John lets his dog out every morning and his dog explores the backyard. And as the dog is exploring the backyard, inevitably the dog goes to the fence. And the dog walks up and down the fence. And as John's walking his, watching his dog walk up and down the fence, John is thinking to himself, you know what? I know that my dog is convinced. He's convinced that there's something beyond the fence. He can't see it. But he's convinced that it's out there because he's walking back and forth. Well, you know, he was born a rut there. He's convinced something is beyond the fence. And then when his neighbor has a barbecue and the hamburgers and the hot dogs are out there on the grill and the dog is out there and, I mean, the dog's right up against the fence and the dog can smell it and then probably the dog can taste it, you know, I mean, just salivating. And, you know, the dog can't see it, but the dog is convinced there's something beyond fence. And then when his neighbor lets his dog out in the backyard, man, uh, man, dog goes right to the fence. There's a lot of tail wagging going on, you know, sniffing through that fence. You can't see, but convinced something's beyond the fence. John tells the story and the way he tells it, he says, you know, we know that life is bigger than our backyard. We know that life's bigger than our backyard. There is something beyond the fence. These words today are words from beyond the fence. John is given a vision, a vision that you and I don't see, but a vision that John sees. And as John sees that vision, he sees God saying, you know, behold, I make all things new. I make heaven new. I make earth new. You know, God's busy making all things new. And as, as John sees that, he then tells that to us in the words of the scripture this morning, you know, so that we would have a sense. So that you and I would have awakened to that awareness. You know, life is bigger than my backyard. Life is bigger than your backyard. There is something beyond the fence. Now, that may seem like really uh, kind of elementary, and that might seem like really obvious, but I, but I want to tell you, sometimes I wonder, because I was reading in Time Magazine this last week in their most recent edition, that this big, long spread, which multiple articles, and in the multiple articles, the title of the whole thing is Death Disrupted. Death Disrupted. And what the articles cover is that there's, out in Silicon Valley, a lot of the tech tycoons are beginning to throw money behind the proposition that we can prolong life through good chemistry, that we can prolong life through good biology, that we can do it in a way that, that we can not only prolong it, but there's a phrase that's used in the article that maybe we can even cheat death. Maybe we can, you know, deny death. Maybe through good chemistry, what we can do is we can just kind of live forever, you know. And, and uh, you know, I look at that, 
say, you know what? Life is more than the days on the calendar. Life is more than what can be measured in the test tube. Life is more than what can be captured on a computer. Life is more than scientific reality. You and I are here this morning because we know scientific reality and we enjoy scientific reality. We're blessed by scientific reality, but we are also know and are blessed by spiritual realities. There's more than chemistry and there is more than biology to life. In the spiritual realities, there is faith, there is hope, and there is love. And when you read through the Time magazine articles, what you begin to ask yourself is, uh, what's driving all of this for all these tycoons? And just kind of let me back up just a little bit. Larry Ellison of Oracle, he threw in $330 million to the project. Peter Thiel threw in $7 million to the project. And you think, what's driving all that? And what's driving all that is a phrase that they use, an acronym that they use. And maybe you've heard the acronym. It's FOMO. I hadn't heard of it before. I had to Google it. F-O-M-O. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. You know, and I, and I think about that, and I think, you know, man, it's, if, if it's just about what's going on in my backyard, I don't want to miss out on anything there. But I tell you, I also don't want to miss out on what's going on beyond the fence. I also don't want to miss out when the spiritual realities that we know of in this world, that we know, the ones that we know of in our backyard, the one of faith and hope and love, when they find their completion, when they find their fulfillment, when they find their consummation, and they, you know, when, when John writes about the new Jerusalem coming down of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, the whole notion there is consummation. The consummation of faith, the consummation of love, the consummation of hope. When that all begins to happen, I want to tell you, friends, I don't want to miss out on that. And you don't want to miss out on that. You don't talk about a fear of missing out. I don't want to miss that. <laughs> Tell you when God makes all things new, we do not want to miss out on that. You know, sometimes the things that you and I think of are final, are not quite as final as we think. And particularly this morning when the scripture comes forward and begins to talk about death. And as John talks about death, he does not use the word final in relation to death. The word that's used in the RSV translation I really like, he uses the word former. Death is one of the former things, not the final things, the former things. And, and what makes it former is that it's part of the current reality that we are experiencing. And yes, that is true. Yes, that is true. And when it comes to science, as we look at death, we might say it is final. It's relation to how science understands the world, you know. But in the spirit, as we begin to understand the world, what happens is the final becomes former. And God is making everything new. And the final becomes former because it's swallowed up in forever. It's swallowed up in the whole concept of forever. 
You know, when we come to the text today, there are words in this text that are what I call forever words. And they are words whenever the, the great voice from the throne begins to talk in the scripture this morning. To me, what the great voice is saying is they're forever words. And let me tell you some of the things that the great voice from the throne says, that God speaking from the throne says in the scripture this morning. He says, behold, I make all things new. The voice says, death is no more. And my favorite, my favorite from the scripture this morning is this. It is done. It is done. And the reason that those words are my favorite is that the voice from the throne is echoing the words from the cross. The voice from the throne echoing Jesus' words from the cross. It is done. But what's done and what's finished? The story of salvation is done. The story of salvation is finished. And when we read through the scripture this morning, again, what you see is this beautiful, it says, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And as soon as he goes into, as soon as John goes into that part of the vision, it takes you all the way back to the beginning, the Alpha of it all. The start of it all, the beginning of it all. And when you go back to the alpha, to the start, to the beginning, what you begin to see is as the scripture, we were, we're reading from the end of the Bible, turn all the way back to Genesis, to the beginning of the Bible, to the first, second chapter in the Bible, what you begin to see is God makes all things. God makes heaven, God makes earth, God makes man, God makes woman, Adam, Eve. And as God makes all things, what God does is brings all things into a shalom, into a harmony, into a peace, into a well-being that we call Eden, that we know as Eden, that we know as the garden. So that's where it all starts, in that beautiful place where all are at home with God. And God is at home with, with everyone else and everything else. And, and that's where it begins. That's the alpha of it all. And there in that place of Alpha, we as human beings came up with the bright idea, and this is what it says in the scriptures, that we want to be like God. I tell you, friends, if we ever have that idea, that's not a good idea. <laughs> to say we want to be like God, that is not a good idea. Because you know what? We might be able to control some of ourselves, but we sure can't control anything out beyond ourselves. And I tell you, if we decide that we want to be like God, part of what's said in that is that we really don't need God. You know? And so we came up with the broad idea that we want to be like God. And as soon as we came up with that broad idea, the scripture says it set us on a slippery slope. It set us on a slope where we kind of go back and forth and you can read through the scriptures, kind of the ups and downs of it all. And we're in relationship with God and out of relationship with God. And there's a back and forth and all of that. And then it comes to a story, comes to a climax in the cross of Jesus Christ. Where Jesus says, you know, I'm done with the slipping and sliding and the slippery slope. We're done with all of that. It is done. It's finished. Death is done. Death is finished. He establishes that on the cross. Glorifies that in his rising. And so we find ourselves, we find our lives shaped by those realities. 
those powerful realities of love, those powerful realities of life, those powerful realities that do indeed make all things new. They make me new, they make you new. They make life new, love, and that life of God and Jesus Christ make everything new. And so what happens is you read to the end of the Bible, you read to the end of the book, what John says, he says, when it all gets done, when it all begins to wrap up, when it all comes to an end, when it all comes to the omega, when it all comes to the Z, he says, here's how it's all going to end up. God is going to be at home with God's people, and we will be with God, and God will be with us. We'll be at home. Home in God's heart. God's home in our heart. Is that's how it all ends up. And I want to tell you, friends, that's the hope from the beginning. That's the hope from the very start. That's the hope from the garden. And the hope from the garden then ends up at the end as our eternal hope, as our forever hope. And John says, I want you to hold fast to the hope. I want you to hold fast to the forever hope, from the beginning to the end hope. I want you to, to hold on to that because if you hold on to that, he says in the scripture this morning, what it becomes for you, what it becomes for me is living water. It becomes the water that refreshes and renews and restores our souls in the times when we're thirsty, in the times when we're dry, in the times when we're parched, in the times when we need hope the most. He says that's when that promise comes through so strongly for us as we hold on to it in faith. And surely the psalmist celebrates the same thing. He says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are God being with us, we're led beside the green pastures and the still waters. And our, store, our souls are restored. And then John says it's not simply a matter of living water. It's also a matter of clinging on to the promise so we understand that we are conquerors. That's the word that's used in the scripture this morning, that we are conquerors. And that may have a, a ring to it because it, it harkens back to Romans and to the eighth chapter where it says... We are more than conquerors to the one who loves us. For we are sure that nothing, nothing can separate you or me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is our forever hope. And how does that play out? Let me share with you. A couple weeks ago, I had a good friend uh, that called. And her father was passing away. He was in hospice, and he was in his last days, really in his last hours. And, and as, as she was with her father and, and they were speaking back and forth, there was just a lot of fear in the room. And so she called me up, and we began to talk, and we began to talk about the fear. And fear is okay. It's natural. It's part of what happens in those moments. The fear is okay, but, but we wanted to talk through the fear, and we wanted to talk beyond the fear. We wanted to talk about kind of what's on the other side. We wanted to talk in ways of faith. And as we spoke along, what she did was she held on to the promise. She held on to the forever hope. She held on to that truth that God had given to me and to her through the scripture. 
that God indeed is the one who makes all things new. And as she held on to that faith, she found strength and she found courage to move into what was before her. And so she went to be with her dad and they had conversation together and they shared love together, their love for each other, shared that back and forth. And the next day, her dad passed. Her dad passed. But as he passed, he was confident and she was confident and I am confident, you know. He was passing into the greater glory that God has for him, that God has for you, that God has for me in Jesus Christ. Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. The scripture this morning is about how we are forever renewed in the forever love of God. How we live in that forever love of God. And how we can hold on to that hope. That hope that is our home in the forever love of God. May God grant us with that blessing. May God fill us with that hope. And may we then live those who have that confidence of people of faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks in this day and the ways that you bring forward to us your word of truth, that life is bigger than our backyard, that there is life beyond the fence. There is love beyond the fence. There is fullness beyond the fence and the vision brings us into that place where we can grasp that truth in faith and we can let it lift us and we can let it lead us into all that is before us. And so, Lord, in that blessing, we give you thanks and praise even as we pray this day through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who makes all things new.